All right. All right. How are you getting on? You all right? Are you okay? I don't even know what's happening right now. How's your granny for slack? Is she getting any slack? Does the law allow her to have any slack? At the moment, what is her? I don't even know the current state. I'm recording this yesterday. Is your granny at the moment getting a big long rope? She gets to walk around the estate. Is she got a little, um, <laughs> what's it called, resistance band? Is she allowed to go to at least the front guard before, whoop, she gets pulled straight back through the window. <laughs> or is she wearing a taut iron chain that doesn't let her go any further in the sitting room? What is the current state of affairs? I don't even know. To be, to be as current as possible, I endure the anxiety of recording these the day before they go out. But as a result now, the current state of affairs is you got Neffa and big dick Tony Houlihan whipping his bloody lad out on the table. <clears throat> Welcome to Earth. Read it and weep. And it says on his dick, shut the country down. <laughs> right? And then bloody Michal Martin, you bloody trash bag. I'm on bloody vacation. I'm not coming in on a Monday. What are you, mad? <laughs> so they're all making their mind up on Tuesday. So this is this is this is this podcast is but but is and isn't I don't know it's going to make some sort of Schrodinger's cat thing but it doesn't fit Schrodinger's podcast Schrodinger's podcast this is currently Schrodinger's podcast because at the state of this right now we both are in or out of lockdown I don't know if that's how it works I don't know anything about Schrodinger's cat I know so little about Schrodinger's cat that I once tried to make a joke uh, this is before I quit my career in comedy for for good at least I thought in London right it was um. Right, you know, if you're a smoker, right? I used to be a smoker, right? Um, like a, a card-carrying, pack-buying uh, smoker. Um, and you know when you're out and you're a smoker, right? And you see a pack of cigarettes on the ground, and it looks like, you know, it doesn't look like it's been, the hinge on the box has been opened or closed loads of times. It doesn't look like it's been worn. So you look at it and you're like, that could be, that just might be a full pack of cigarettes. And you're like, what if I I'm not going to turn away fucking a, a, a pack of ground cigarettes. You know what I mean? On the ground. Not on the ground up like mush, but they're on the ground. You're not going to fucking... That's 10 quid. Do you know what I mean? It's like, fine, 10 quid. So you kind of reach down to pick it up. But it also could be empty. In which case, you've just bent over in front of everyone to open up an empty pack of cigarettes like a bloody... Like a tramp. Pardon the term. So at the state of you putting your hand on the box before you've even opened it, that's what I call Schrodinger's fags where you are and aren't at the exact same same level on a quantum scale, a tramp. I don't know how Schrodinger's cat works. Whatever. No one laughed at it anyway, and I quit. I quit comedy forever. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what the current state of affairs is. But, look, I just want to say something, right? I just want to say, look, if you're a vulnerable person, right, I'm sorry, this is going to sound cold, right? You need to look after yourself, right? The rest of us, I think we just need to open it up, let it wash over us. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, this is going to sound really harsh. I'm sorry if people die, right? I want to go to the cinema. I want to go to the cinema, right? So I'm sorry if 100 people die, right? I do not want to have to wait to see Tenet on Blu-ray. I know I've got an Unreal TV. Everyone does. Everyone fucking does. But I want to hear the big sound. I want to hear the Hans Zimmer. Out of the speakers. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sorry, right? In general, there's two places I drink. At home, and I don't mind that, or the pub. At the moment, I can't go to the pub. So... I, you know, <laughs> I go, yeah, I can still drink at home. Yeah, I can still speak to everyone in the world because of the, the current technology and broadband all over Ireland. But I prefer, I prefer, I just fucking prefer going to the pub. I'm sorry if that's going to kill people, do you know what I mean? Look, I'm being silly Billy. I'm being a silly Billy. And I, I, every argument, it's all, look, 
you know, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't, you know, not to not to the extreme, but you know, I was out for a couple of substantials there, a couple of fine substantials, um, and I was outside the the pub, uh, drinking off a, a barrel, right, um, and uh, ordered my food. And tell you, here's a life hack for you, right? When you're drinking outside a pub on a barrel, and you have to order food uh, to justify drinking a pint on a barrel, right? Um, make sure you order the soup, right? Because when it inevitably starts pissing rain, it's fucking everlasting. You know what I mean? Just keep, oh, whoa, even more. So I can't make a bloody, de- I can't make a bloody dent on this soup. Just pissing down. Just pissing down. Really, you know, it was probably, uh, by the end, by the time I'd finished the entire amount of, of, of liquid, it was probably 18 euro worth of soup. So, you know, joke's on them. I actually got way more, you know. So I'm there eating my everlasting fucking soup, drinking a pint of Guinness that's slowly turning into a fucking Evian. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't think to myself, do you know what, maybe just to be on the other side of that wall, if a few people I don't know have to die, you know. But, look, I'm joking, of course. I don't think you get to make an argument for it, because you know when we open it, people are going to die. You know if we open it, people are going to die. So because you know that, even if it's one or two, I feel the only reason you can, the only way you can make an argument to, to stop any kind of lockdown is unless... You're physically going to die or someone you know or you love is physically going to die from being indoors, which I think is a far bigger minority than people who are vulnerable, you know. And I thought of it, look, there's all, you think about it, and I'm not trying to make light of the fact that it's difficult because it totally is, you know. And you do think to yourself, well, I know what lockdown looks like and I know what not lockdown like looks like. The life I had before, I prefer that. And you can't quantify actual deaths in your hands. It's like that you know, that um, philosophy experiment, you know, if you, would you press the button to kill someone in the world? If you didn't, I don't fucking know how, <laughs> I don't know what the experiment is. What was the thought Because you just go in and be like, no, I don't want to press that. Ah, very good. You've passed. I guess you don't have idle fingers. Very good. You know. Um, look, everyone gets to have their opinion. But I realized after kind of thinking... No, do you know what? It's going to have an economic effect on it. We're not going to be able to come back from this. And I'm like, at the end of the day, people are going to die. You know? And I'm not, you know, you have that. People say, like, oh, don't fucking say that shit. You don't make, try to make me fucking feel bad. But I'm not going to die by staying indoors. If I promote the idea of everyone going outside, more people are going to die. Die. You can watch Tenet on Blu-ray. Everyone's got a class TV. Don't worry about it. And it's only for a while as well. It's only for a while. It's only for a while, right? But anyway, I'm getting off me. I, you know, it's not my fucking place to tell anyone what to do. But that's the kind of thought I had to remind myself of. At the start of the lockdown, it was, it's just a bad flu. You don't have to worry about it coming to get you. You're actually just being a fucking mad sound cunt for staying indoors. And now I'm having to remind myself, that was the ori- original idea. That that's the original motivator to be like, no, this is okay because it's something better. You know, my current motivation is, I can't complain because I'm not going to die, you know. And if, you know, anyway, I've said it. So anyway, yeah. So a couple of, yeah, that bloody, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you something funny happened when I was having my uh, my uh, my Evian and um, drippy uh, soup. Um, it was right beside this block of flats. And um, there was a guy sitting beside me shouting up to some lady up at the flats. And they were already in the middle of some conversation. And she shouted down, me daughter's name is Layla. And he goes, play Layla. And she goes, me daughter's name is Layla. 
And then he turned around to me. Don't know why he thought I would know the answer to this, but he was dead, right? He says, who sings Layla? I said, Eric Clapton. He goes, play Layla by Eric Clapton. And for whatever reason, this bird up in the, in the flat brought out this massive PA and just started blaring Layla. And this wasn't good enough for your man who was shouting up. He was all like, no, you have to introduce the song. This guy's fucking... And she was doing all this stuff. She was doing everything. And he goes, you know, you have to introduce it. Give me like an introduction for the song, right? And then she goes, wah! And she obviously can't hear because she's blaring Layla so loud from literally a block of flats like across the road, filling up the entire Camden Street, right? Um, And she's shouting... What? And this album was going by. He wants you to do an introduction for the song. For fuck's sake. You know? So that was nice. That was nice. You know? It was nice to get a bit of music. A bit funky, you know? Because you don't have, you miss you miss the old indoors. Um, but look, that's the current state of the life right now. I don't know what is going on. So what I've decided to do, to be a little bit off... That's my little introduction about the current state of affairs. But what's this podcast? I got in touch with ye. You know me. I'm the TC. I'm the I'm the young I'm the young oh, fucking liar. Here we go. Boom. Ga boom ba boom. Ga boom boom. Ba ga boom ba boom. Ga. Hey, you. I had no top pick, so I asked you to come pick some question for me. Uh, fucking my rapping is so bad at the moment. I'm not talking to enough people in real life. <laughs> anyway, listen. Um, I've asked you to fulfil. Well, people on the Close Friends group on Instagram and people in my Patreon, because they're the only people who have the right to talk to me at the moment. Uh, I don't even let my bloody wife talk to me at the moment. Um, uh, I asked you guys to ask me some questions about me so I can talk about me. Do you like me? Tick yes or no in this box. You can ask me anything and I have to tell you. And as I said, I am spilling more tea on this podcast than bloody Mrs. Doyle and the fucking pit for Slipknot. People equal shit. So welcome to this. A COVID-free for the rest of this pod. Tony Cantwell, shit show. This Tony Cantwell shit show. Lovely stuff, actually. Um, welcome back. Listen, I've asked you to ask something about me. Tick the box if you like me. Right at the back if you love me. Right back if you love me. <laughs> uh, and you did, so thank you very much. And here's the first question. Uh, Dara Keeley. Cooey. Hey, Dara Keeley. Uh, do people ever uh, get put a handkerchief under their chin and wave at you? Cooey. Cooey. Um... I don't know if that's the thing. Uh, he says, how many pairs of jocks have you got? What's your favorite type slash brand? So here, let me put my influencer hat on here. They don't, no, look, look, I think you should be shopping local, right? And actually, this is something that that, that came to my attention. Shops probably aren't going to be open for Christmas. And if they are going to be a reduced capacity, you're probably then going to start buying online. And 70% of online sales apparently happen outside of Ireland. So maybe try and figure out ways... I know when you when you see something and you're like you go into GameStop and you see they're selling FIFA 17 for a hundred euro. You're like, why would I ever shop here? This is bollocks, right? But if you can find a way to shop local, we're gonna need to all you know we can't be giving all this shit to Bezos. Do you know what I mean? All the Bezos books. So um, 
So I'm not recommending this what you do, but my favorite jocks are, and it's only when I'm away and I'm in London or from a different country that I buy them, Uniqlo. Uniqlo have these things called, there's a shop called Uniqlo, right? Which is kind of like mad kind of, kind of a premium basics, just basic stuff. But you get shirts for like 15 quid. You get, you know, cacks for like 30 quid, jackets for like 70 quid. But like they're real simple. They're all tailored. It's kind of like Scandi look. Scandi meets Japanese kind of tailoring. They look good. Kind of like Muji, but less like you're a fucking, you know what I mean? Less like you're bloody, you're not making a statement with it, you know? It's just, um, you know, if you're in a startup, kind of startup vibe. Startup whatever fucking you know what I'm talking you don't fuck talk about but they also have uh like light joggers and stuff that are really good and they got um it's just the the jocks they got the jocks are unreal they're called airisms and they're so breathable and don't worry about being warm your jocks aren't going to keep you warm your jocks your jocks are piss protectors for your jeans right don't forget that don't be getting all elaborate big thick jocks around like that right and uh what i like about them is that they're really kind of slim like it's a just i'm wearing them right now and it's a good day I like how they feel on my bollocks, right? And they support my bollocks. And they let my bollocks breathe. And they also look, my dick looks nice in them. You know? And my arse looks nice in them. And you think, what, you know, how can men, you know, what is a, what is lingerie for men, right? And they, I don't need, this is not even lingerie. I'm not wearing that in fucking lace. I've no girders attached to like that. It's just a nice pair of jocks makes my dick look nice. Do you know what I mean? And they're comfy. I feel like I won a competition. I feel like I won a competition in life that this is what I get to do and I don't have to be like, you know, having like a, a wire sticking out my back. Do you know what I mean? Just to look, just to feel like I have to look good. Do you know what I mean? So, um, Uniqlo Aerism uh, boxers, I highly recommend. And if you've got, if you've got boxers, I've said this before, right? If you've got boxers that your bollocks hanging out of it, right? Or one of the legs is just bunched up on the side and it kind of looks like you're wearing a, a nappy. Kind of looks like you're a grown ma- grown ass man wearing a nappy. Then you need to just get rid of the jocks. Airisms aren't cheap. About twelve quid. Airism. I got about twelve. I got twelve dollars for my for my jocks, right? So I'm not recommending that you go online, go into Uniqlo, uh, U N I Q L O, and I'm not recommending going on. But they're they're the, the airism jocks are the best jocks. If you're ever over in London, you can get them there. Um, when you we went to Asia, all we hit up all the Uniqlo shops. And we got a shitload, shitload. So we actually had a, we actually got, and it's very difficult to make a Japanese person lose the cool with you. But me and my wife were in there. It was like eight, it was like five to eight, and they were like, okay, so thank you very much. You know, can you, okay, bring everything to the till. You know, being real nice. You know, and then um, we were like, okay, and my wife was literally walking into the dressing room at like, you know, five minutes to eight. She's like, okay, just be quick. You know, and then it was like eight oh one. They were like, get the fuck out. Like it's like as soon as you break the rules in Japan. Like, it's like, I don't want to even want to fucking talk to you. We were all cool up to this point. I was giving all, I was being, you know, I was being my lovely, lovely kawaii self. But now you've seriously broken the rules and they fucking snapped at us. And we have to just fucking run. Um, So they're good. But I've said this before, right? If you got shit jocks, get rid of them. You don't have to spend a lot. But at least spend like a tenner per jock, I would say. If you had 70 quid and that is all your jocks and they're comfortable... It changes your mood for the day. It's like a shower is a good pair of jocks. It's like a shower that you have on all day. Um, and also, look, why don't you try... You are... Sa- look, can I say something to you, right? You're a man, right? If you're a man. Um, you're sexy. Or if you're an MB who wears jocks, right? You're sexy, right? You're sexy. No, no, no. no it's, not, it's not just that they're sexy and you're their partner and whatever, you're strong or whatever it is or oh, whatever. Maybe you're... 
you know, you're a bit stocky and they like that. They like their kind of, you're sexy, right? You're sexy. Not like, it doesn't have to be fucking spelt or petite or sexy. You're sexy, right? And you can be, I'm going to be your gokwan here, right? You could allow your jocks to make you feel like a sexy man, right? Or a sexy envy or whatever. Or if you're a woman who wears jocks. Just know that the jocks you choose are your lingerie, right? And it doesn't have to be fancy. This is, we, we honestly won the lotto when it comes to lingerie for men. Just wear some comfy jocks that kind of cradle your balls, right? And get black. No point getting white, having to fucking wipe your arse 20 times just before you can pull them up. Get the black and then wash them. You don't see them, right? Anyway, so there are my jocks. So I feel I've given, is that a good enough answer for the surprising amount of people who upvoted the amount of jocks that I have? There you have it. Uh, Keith has asked, top five takeaways in order. Uh, he's put in big uh, big writing there. Okay. Okay. Right. I would have to say number five. It's an obvious one. Smacks. McDonald's. Getting it on the Uber Eats or getting it wherever you can order it. But sometimes just... Some, do you know what I feel sometimes when you're ordering online? That they're like, they're not going to stare over there. So this I'm going to make this Big Mac look like fucking dog shit. I don't give a shit about that person because they're not even going to be able to pick it up. I'm going to have... There's going to be a middleman. So I'm just going to foot like like too much lettuce, no sauce, the burger's overdone. Like it's just a system, systematic thing to keep it perfect. But you can get a lot of shitty Big Macs. So it can be touch or go. Sometimes the nuggets can be a bit cold. Sometimes the chips can be a bit cold, right? One of the more surprising ones that, that delivers very well, Eddie Rockets delivers so well. The burgers are unreal. Chips are always hot. They even give you the cheese sauce and the bacon bits if you're getting che- bacon cheese fries in little separate things. They do not make the top 10. Because sometimes smacks is just what you're after. A bit of Mickey D's. If I am ordering Mickey D's is what I get. I get a Big Mac meal. Try the Quarter Pounder for a while. Try the Quarter Pounder for a while. The burger is never good. Right? And I know in America they did the kind of the, the fresh Quarter Pounder where nothing was frozen. And apparently that's quite good. It's quite juicy. It's just never good. Avoid a Quarter Pounder. I go for a Big Mac. Between me and Terry we get 20 nuggets. Right? I normally have 12. If I can get them in quick enough, you know. Um, before, once you're not looking. And there was, oh my God, did you see that? They only give us 18 nuggets. Can you believe that? Oh my God. Um, I get a large Big Mac meal. I get a full fat Coke as well, right? Um, so I get the so I get the Big Mac meal and we'd have, we'd split the the um, the nuggets. And then as well, I'd probably get a double cheeseburger as well, right? A light burger, like a snack burger, you know? So number five would be smacks. Number four would be um, Umi. Umi falafel. I love me a bit of umi falafel. Also, I always feel like it's good. We get 10 falafel bites. We get the bread. We crumble it in, all Jerusalem style, pouring it all in, or Palestinian style. I think it's Palestinian because they have a Palestinian style sandwich. So, you know, you crumble up the falafel in there. You put the bit of, you know, you put the um, the marinara in there and the tahini sauce. Get a bit of salad. We'd normally go for a big fat fucking couscous. Couscous size of your fucking fist. Just one of them. They're massive, right? Uh, a little feta in there, and it's delish. And it never feel you never feel sick. You know, well, we don't ever feel sick. You know, we have good. You know, our cl- you know good good poos after. You know, <laughs> me and my wife have good poos after it. Five stars. Um, big fan of the umi. Uh, although I will say sometimes, well, I don't. Know if I was going to criticize an aspect of it, but hey, if you don't have anything to say nice, don't say it at all. Just sometimes it's not on. Sometimes they don't. They forget to turn their delivery on. Or they're justy, or whatever they, whatever they, and you have to call, be like, turn your fucking thing on, I'm trying to order from you, you clown. 
<laughs> you know, I'm not having a go. They've been very good. I, I, that happened a couple of times. I'm like, I literally trying to give you know fry with the cash. Take my money. I want to give you you know. Oh, sorry, we just didn't turn the just eat thing on. You know, to get the orders anyway. So that'd be number four. Number four. Number five would be Smacks. Number four would be Umi Falafel. Number three would be Dublin Pizza Company. I think is the best pizza in the world. I think personally, Dublin Pizza Company, and the Lucifero Lucifero. Uh, pizza is my favorite. It's all the spicy bits. It's also got blue cheese on there. I'd normally be a, a four cheese man. Just give me all the four cheeses and then all the bits on them. But I love a good hot, uh, a hot pizza, and it's the best pizza going. And when it's not in quarantine, you know you can get, you know, um, some pubs will even let you because they have that. I think they've opened up another one, another one in the well, and uh, Stevens Green. I think Dublin Pizza Company are there. I also saw one up in Uncle Tom's Cabin uh, out in. Um, out in Windy Arbor. I think they've opened up a new Dublin Pizza Company there. Um, but the original one is, what is it, Camden Street? Or um, right beside Bauhaus? So I highly recommend Dublin Pizza Company. Uh, and Lucifero is my personal favourite on that dish. I would have to say, number two, it's not in Ireland. I do have an Irish equivalent, but number two takeaway of all time from the goat house. <laughs> the goat house of takeaways. Um would be getting a shitload of wings and a chicken fillet burger from just a chicken shop. Dixie would be one of my favorites, or Chesterway in London. Just give me the cheap chicken. I know it's not good. I know there is no way. There is no way that chicken even... That chicken probably didn't even know if it was alive. It was probably such a horrible life for the chicken being that cheap. It's, you know... I, I You know, I'd be... I'd be I would want to. I would want to eat free range as much as I could, but I. I I'm not gonna lie. I find it difficult not to go into a chicken shop whenever I'm in London. I love it. I lap it up, and uh, Dixie Chicken's probably my favorite. And to be honest, you get about thirty wings and chicken fillet burger and chips, uh, and kind of kind of um, a kind of ting. I love ting, which is a grapefruit pineapple drink, and you get all that for like eight quid. It was just. And that would that, be if you were splurging. you get away with having a dinner for three quid. Nowadays, you can't even get lunch in Dublin for less than a fiver, you know? So getting a full fucking chicken dinner for three quid. Oh, and if I was walking if I was walking by, I might pop into a KFC. If, if you're on a, a high street in London, likelihood is it's a chicken shop and it's probably a KFC. So as you know, I get the KFC gravy and then I get the cheap chicken. That's what I do. Um, Irish equivalent, I'm going to be honest, I probably wouldn't go to KFC. I would probably go to just to a chipper and i get a snack box. I love the chipper snack box. I love the chicken. I love that heat lamp. I love it left under the heat lamp till it's fucking leather. I love those picking bits of just coagulated chicken skin out of my teeth for the rest of the day. It's just a great pleasure. And uh, I, I would probably, yeah, I would probably choose a snack box over KFC. I'm not going to lie. You know I love my chicken. Um, and number one, I know I talk about the Mega Box. I know I talk about the Stodge, right? But I think my favorite... My favorite takeaway dish uh, is the four-in-one from New Mandarin in Marina. Uh, I think it's a fine Chinese. It was my first Chinese growing up. I think I've got, that's the curry. That's the curry. When I dream in curry, that's the curry that I, I dream of. Um, and I used to get a four-in-one on Fridays uh, on my lunch from Arts Courish. I need it down the lane between the Centra and the New Mandarin. Uh, and it's the best and it's just it, it hits the spot Megabox is just too much I had one recently I came back in I thought Terry was asleep <laughs> and I came in with one and um, she was awake and I was like heck look I thought maybe I'll have a Megabox together you know and she was like oh I was like fucking I'm, I was going to eat this on the fucking jacks but because you're here I have to share it so um, 
we had that and it was actually really good. It wasn't that, it's much better to eat. It, it is much better to share. She still let me eat most of it, so it was fine. There was no fights there. Um, but yeah, it's just too much. What you need from a form one, it needs to be at least four chicken balls in there, though. I have to say, if it's two chicken balls, don't even fucking call it a form one, right? It's got to be four chicken balls. And then more chicken, you know, make it bigger. Just make it bigger. Do you know what I mean? Just put four chicken balls in it. So yeah, there you are. I'm starving now. Thanks very much, Keith. Um, and I got a couple of um, very good topics and very good suggestions just for podcast episodes. So I'm going to mention them here. And then just let you know that I'll probably do a, a bigger podcast on them. These are too big just to be kind of quick fire uh, Q&A questions. I didn't have a bit of time to think about it. But we got one from Dave Turnbull. Could you rank all the Star Wars films, including spin-offs from worst to best? Yes, I could. And yes, I will. I'm hoping to maybe cover all the Star Wars films eventually in Movie Bake. So maybe I'll tie that in. Or maybe just, maybe just list them all off. Maybe I'll get someone else in, a Star Wars fan, and talk about it. Stan Wassel, funniest Halloween night story from your teenage years. Um, great, great suggestion, Stan. That's coming next week. I'll do that next week. Um, and I'll tell you, sneak peek, uh, I dressed up as a browser and I got accosted when I was like seven. So I'll talk about that next week. That's all coming up. Uh, and James Layden, five least favorite things. As you know, I've got, did on my Patreon, five top five favorite things. Uh, the list that I wrote when I was 23. And now at the end of the month, I'm going to do my new favorite things 10 years later uh, as I turn 33 my new favorite things so least favorite things great suggestion James we'll certainly do a whole ep on it um, Sam O'Byrne is there anything from your past you'd be worried about people seeing my sister just uncovered a video of me singing the Prodigy's Firestarter as a 10 year old and it wouldn't be great for the old street cred oh Sam oh Sam oh Sam oh um, Sam, I, I tell you, I'm fucking so desperate for content at the moment, Sam, <laughs> that I would unearth if there was a, you know, um, no, I kind of, you know, I don't really cringe. So I don't know if there's anything I'd be worried about people seeing, um, you know, maybe, you know, obviously I, I've mentioned before on the podcast that when I was in third class in the school play, I portrayed uh, Martin Luther King. And, you know, they did the, the, the makeup. They did full makeup on me, you know? Um, but it was like, you know, the, it was with, I, I, was, I had no control over, you know, but it was with the best intentions. It was like great historical figures giving snippets of the speeches and stuff. I had Gandhi next to me, you know, by another chap. Like, honestly, he was a fucking, I think he was, a, he was an albino, right? Dressed up as Gandhi, you know, with makeup and everything. Doing, everyone doing the voices, everyone doing the voices, you know? Because they said to me, they said, um, well, they said, does anyone know how to do an Alabama accent? And I put my hand up. I didn't know what that was. But I'm like, is it involve you paying attention to me? Does it involve more people paying attention to me? I'll figure out how to do it. Just give me a chance, coach. Just give me a chance. Um, and they were like, what's that like? Um, and you said kind of like, ah, and I just seen Forrest Gump, right? And I shouldn't have seen Forrest Gump. And so I was like, yeah, I, sir, I can. I do declare. I can't, sir. So um, I was doing the accent, you know. I have a dream that my four children... But then you realize that Martin Luther King didn't fucking talk like that. So they were like, rain that in, get rid of that. Just do your normal voice. Um, so then I was like doing that kind of like, we're students saying a poem. Because, you know, you're in, in the junior classes, they're like, right, all these kids are fucking idiots. We just have to get 20 of them together just to say a poem that they've learned off. And they have to do it in a kind of rhythmic way because they'll fuck it up if they don't get it right, you know. So that's... 
that's when that's your only stage experience. You kind of come out. You have kind of have that cadence built into you. You know, you know, like I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er hills and vales, and the whole crowd. You know, kids saying it. So, you know. When they're like, all right, just do it in your normal voice. I still had that kind of cadence. You know, I was like, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a world where they will not be judged by the color of their skin. Like shocking, shocking Martin Luther King uh, performance. Um, but, you know, aced it, aced it anyway. And not my fault. You know what I mean? Not my fault. You know, just me, Gandhi. I don't know who else there was, you know. I mean, fair fucks them for including... There was no other kid that could, you know, they, have, they would have to ship a kid in, you know what I mean? They would have to get, like, a black kid in to do it, um, you know. The, the one black kid who joined my school didn't join until two years after that, you know what I mean? So it just wasn't the right time. Um, and actually, funnily enough, they had him play a fucking Rastafarian. He came in, like, pretending he was, like, <laughs> he came in. I don't know what was the play. He literally, his only role was he was going to walk on set. I think it was, no, do you know what it was, right? Uh, he was, I don't want to say his name, but I'm just going to, you know, he was just this kid, right? And he was a black, black kid. Um, he was the one black kid um, in the school. And um, and they used him for the role they, they put him in, right? It was in the Pied Piper, right? And um, it was one of those things, you know, those like, school plays where, like, they, they have, um, it's like a fairy tale. And then they just have a lot of these, like, jokes in it, like, a, just for the parents. You know, like, you know, like... Uh, I wonder if Bertie Ahern was among the rats that the Pied Piper just got rid of. And the parents like, ha, 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 you know. Um, but the story of the Pied Piper is Pied Pi- the, this town is overrun with rats. And then the Pied Piper comes along and is all like, hey, uh, I will get rid of the rats for playing my music. And then plays the music and the rats go. And then the mayor decides, I'm not, well, the rats are gone. I'm not going to pay the Pied Piper any money. And the Pied Piper is all like, all right, well, then I'm just going to steal you. I'm going to climb in your window, snatch your people up, snatch up your kids. And the Pied Piper plays his tunes again and all the kids go off, right? But before all that, he's like, the, uh, the, 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 I was playing the mayor and I'm chatting to the Pied Piper and I'm like, um, um, how are you going to get rid of these rats? You know? And the Pied Piper says, with music, right? And the black kid came out, right, with dreadlocks, dresses Bob Marley, and a boombox and said, did somebody say music? And everyone laughed. <laughs> it was a joke. And, and there was some reggae music played and he walked off. <laughs> it was shocking. It was shocking. But I was also like, fucking wish that was me. That was the biggest laugh of the night. Why couldn't I be the one black kid and ostracized? Uh, or not ostracized, but, you know, marginalized. Whatever. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um... You know, you're just jealous then. So, yeah. Um, so, I don't think there's anything that I'd worry about being unearthed and that kind of thing. I'm not putting a challenge out there. You know, I'm not fucking putting a challenge out there. But nothing really I'd be too um, too embarrassed to see. It all makes you. And Sam, Sam, you're amazing. Okay, next question. Uh, what are your top three urges, says Anne Gleason. Bear with me, but mine include throwing my phone and wallet into the Liffey, screaming in mass, and telling me primary school principal to fuck off. Great urges. Um, I have one urge, right? And I've been wanting to do it. I've been wanting to do it since tra- since starting traveling on my own, right? I want to get on a plane, not even with a jacket, right? Passport and back pocket, me phone. That's it. My mate Jordan for um, my mate Jordan who is doing a fucking exceptional job. If you've been watching my Bake Off podcast, he does all the visuals for that. Incredible comedian and incredible editor mind. Um, Went over to meet Joe's uh, stag, and he just came over without a change of clothes with no bag. 
And I was so jealous of him. Now he came back stinking like shit, you know, as he, we were out and, you know, he looked, you know, he, and he felt in fucking rag order the next day, but he was only over for one night. He didn't have a bag and just kept his clothes. Um, but that's a huge urge of mine is, um, maybe even nothing in your pockets. Oh, loved it. Love it. And my other, I, my, my other urge would be, you know, when you see someone and you're like, they're not even like they're big or whatever, like they might, but they just look fucking tough. They look like they would kill you. They look like they want to kill you anyway, right? You know, and you just see them in a queue or whatever. Just to fucking, fucking smack someone in the fucking back of the head. Just smack someone in the back of the head and you know it would kill you. Boot someone up the arse and just be killed. Just allow yourself to be fucking killed. I have a huge urge um, for, for that. Uh, Mark Collins asks, favorite dip, dip, dip game? Well, he says dip, dip. Uh, like, ibble, obble, chocolate, bobble, ibble, obble, Um my favourite was my mother and your mother were out hanging clothes. My mother punched your mother in the nose. What colour blood came out? And then someone, and then that, that someone, someone would either be out then, or they would say like red. R E D spells red. That means that you are out. <laughs> you know, or you just make it up. You were trying to get it on the kid you the fucker didn't like. You know, fucking get this guy. He'll be fucking on. And we're playing tip the can. He, he, this guy's shite. We'll fucking get him out in no time, right? So you'd be like, what colour blood came out? Uh, yellow, Y E L L O W spells yellow. That means that you are officially the, and you're waiting to get around. You're trying to figure out the beats. The one who is now not out, it is still going around, and that means you are out. You know, and <laughs> get them at the end. Like what? What the fuck was that shit? Look, man, you're out. Just deal with it, man. It's a new one. It's a new tune. You know, getting lads out. Um, so that was probably my favorite. My mother and your mother were hand club. My mother and your mother in the nose. If a love chocolate bubble, live a love blue. If a love a fart and blew the candle out. I don't even know if that's it. Um, Peter McGann. Peter, will you stop asking me about Woody Allen? See, he's always your favorite Woody Allen movie, right? He's cancelled. He's cancelled. He's gone. Woody's gone. Tyler's gone. Tyler went away. Woody's gone, right? But I have an answer for you. Annie Hall. It's the only one I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen Manhattan. I haven't seen the one where he's a robot. No, I've seen uh, the one with Owen Wilson, and I enjoyed it before I knew, you know. And funnily enough, um, Aaron Meany did ask a question. Uh, this may be an old carpet stain because you've spilled so much tea on the topic, but what is your view on separating art from the artists? And you know what? When I first read it, I thought, oh, yeah, I got a real simplistic, in my head at least, I thought, I have a real simplistic way of explaining this in one sentence. But I don't, really, unfortunately. I don't think it's as binary as, you know, they're bad and they did so. And like, you know, it's up to you. What, like, I, I know for a fact that John Lennon was a physically abusive uh, husband to his first wife, Cynthia, and a terrible father to um, to um, his son, Julian. Um, and he probably wasn't great with Sean as well, you know? He's a weirdo, but also, you know, he comes from a place of, like, his mother died early and his dad fucked off to the Merchant Marines. But uh, even knowing that and him being kind of abusive and, you know, to his family, I... Love his tunes. I love his tunes and I still choose to listen to and support his work. Um, I'm not so curious about the catalogue of Woody Allen that I'm willing to ignore the fact that uh, the alleged allegations about him. In general, I find it creepy that he married his kid, which is undeniable. Um, So, you know, I don't go... There's enough stuff that I can watch, do you know what I mean? Then for me to watch something and directly support uh, an alleged abuser. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
But having said that, if people want to watch Woody Allen, I don't, I don't really, I don't really begrudge them. You know, I do think you can make an impact, you know, and a social impact by, by boycotting something. But I don't begrudge people who don't or do. You know, but also like Gary Glitter, like Gary Glitter is not getting actually paid for his tunes, as I found out, as I found out. There's a correction here. I was giving out about it, that he's getting royalties from rock and roll that was featured in Todd Phillips' Joker film. Um, but he's not. But even though I know he's not getting paid the money, I kind of don't want to listen to music by a nonce. You know, there's enough music out there not made by a nonce and I much choose to, to listen to it. If you want to, if, but I respect the fact that if you know, like Michael Jackson's dead, right? And he's got some bangers. He's got some fucking bangers. Um, he's just got too many bangers. He's got too many bangers. You know? I don't, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to, yeah. Um, he's got a lot of good tunes. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's it's entirely up to, it's entirely, he's dead though. Um, You know? I don't feel like, I don't feel like you... I suppose I have a conflicted view on it. There you are. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's as simple as like, no, the art is a thing. I like to, I li- sometimes like to think that artists are like this conduit for a muse from another realm. Like my brother did on his podcast, uh, put it in H, right? Uh, he does top five Beatles songs, him and his podcasting partner, also called Terry, um, talked about Beatles tunes and it got me mad into the Beatles and they're such Beatle fanatics big Beatle big Beatle nuts be terrifying if they are um, that they got into it and it got me mad into the just just reading about Paul McCartney again and reading about John Lennon and reading about how quick they were to make music and the fact that you know when you're in such a fucking flow state for making things and you know you have to and you and you want the end result which in their case was fame which in their case was making an impact giving them a voice from uh, from growing up feeling that they didn't have a voice that when you when you lock into something so completely that you start dreaming in fucking music and you end up coming up with yesterday from a dream right because you're just your brain has just been so focused into uh conjuring from whether it is from another world or something deep within you. So I like to flip-flop between he is just a, a tuned in, like uh, the frequency that, that Paul McCartney was able to get. He was able to find that frequency and it takes people, whatever, you're Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours of practice to get there or just complete another focus to get there. Um, but I also like to think that people just get to make stuff and they are actually leaving their own imprint in the thing that they that they make that there are just incredibly gifted people who have all this in them, you know, that it isn't just tapping into something from another realm. Um, and so I that's because of that. Like, if I thought, you know, if I thought that, you know, they had to, that there was a serious banger that just had to pass through the, the toll bridge of Gary Glitter to get here, you know, can we begrudge the toll bridge for being a big nonce, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I Because I, I view it as both. So I... Yeah, that's shit, shit answer to your question. Um, Lucy Farrell says, Tony, I loved your brave and honest critique of those god-awful spoon shoes from back in the school episode. Uh, is there any sh- shoes females wear that makes your blood boil? This is not a feminist trap. There's plenty to choose from. Um, I think it's... Look, if you're out in Dublin and you're in heels and you're in Temple Bar, there's fucking cobblestones. Do you know what I mean? You're do- it doesn't... It looks nice. The- your calves look nice. 
But don't go hurt yourself, ladies. Don't go hurt yourself. Um, Dolly Shoes had a good time. I respect the Dolly Shoe. Um, but it doesn't seem comfortable for you, you know? And why not just wear a pair of trainers? Do you know what I mean? Why not wear... If you're going to wear the Dolly Shoe, there's a big portion of your foot looks freezing. You know, like Dolly Shoe at your jean. Just wear a fucking pair of trainers. Like, you know, I, I don't think the Dolly Shoe is enhancing that at the moment, uh, you know. If you're wearing train, if you're wearing jeans and a dolly shoe, you know, if you're doing a kind of style thing with the heel, which I don't think if you're going out and you know, I don't think you should be wearing heels. You shouldn't be doing that. It's wearing uncomfortable for you. But the dolly shoe looks uncomfortable, and your foot looks freezing, and there's no arch support on it. Uh, so if you're wearing jeans or, or or leggings, and you just have that big massive oval of your foot on show, freezing, and it and the chill and the goosebumps on your feet, and it's just like I'm, I, I want to give you my jacket, put on your feet. Your feet look cold, you know. So <laughs> I don't. I don't have an opinion. I'm. I'm pulling that in my fucking arse. I don't really have an opinion on, on women's shoes. But wear a pair of trainers because it's not gonna detract from your look, you know. But wear something comfortable. You don't. It's. It's a shame women wear such uncomfortable shoes. Um, they don't necessarily make my blood boil. Jelly dolly shoes. Your foot looks fucking freezing. I look like if I. T- I feel like if I touch it. It just terrifies. I, I look at that and I think about. I think about it. You know, bumping into it in, in a bed. Now, not that I'm not that I'm perving on you. You know what I mean? But it just I get cold, cold, cold foot vibes. I can feel. I can feel my wife pushing her foot against my back and giving me a fucking chill to my skin when I see a dolly shoe. I shouldn't. She doesn't wear dolly shoes. Um. Um. One quick one here. Uh, Dylan Macoda of Uh What's your thoughts on the Irish language? I love it. Don't like how it's taught in schools, though. Duped. Uh, that's a, that isn't that as, a, as basic a thing to say as being like, oh, I believe. I don't necessarily believe in that big man in the bloody sky, but I believe in that kind of uh, some sort of God, you know. Um, I think it could be, you know, maybe that that was the Gale talks. The thing that I chose not to go to was where you can actually see conversational Irish happen. You know, I'm still chasing that. I, as I, as I said before, to learn Spanish. Um, or I, th- I thought a very good Spanish course online is that Michelle Tomas conversational. Spanish that you can I think some of it's on YouTube um, where you literally hear this is how to say that and this is how you add bits to that you know I'm not as eager to do it for a bit of du- Duolingo I tell you what I find very attractive is people who just I have a lot of grow for people who throw in a bit of Irish uh, into their English I, I very much like that um, but I love it and I actually think I don't think it's going anywhere I wouldn't be surprised if in 20 years they radicalize. <laughs> that sounds insane. They 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 vastly improve how Irish is taught, and you know, uh, Gael talk regions become become big tourist attractions of people wanting to go to flex their Irish. People, you know, I think you'll probably see more Irish language holidays in the next twenty years, where people kind of go and really enjoy getting totally. Uh, or this is what I'd love to see. So you're kind of you know that you're going to like, you know, a, a Gael talk region, more towns kind of like doing it. Maybe even having weeks where people only speak Irish, you know, or something like that. But I love, I love the Irish language, and I, I'd love to uh, incorporate uh, more into into my uh, my daily conversation. All right, last one here from Keen Roach, uh, suggested po- podcast topic. I don't, I don't know if I do a whole podcast topic on it because I don't necessarily want to focus directly on COVID and lockdown and everything like that. But his suggestion was what I learned from lockdown one slash survival guide figuratively for lockdown two. Phenomenal suggestion, Keen. I greatly appreciate that. Tell you what I've learned, right? Um, Zooms are fine 
But one-on-one Zooms are far better crack. It's so much more difficult and the anxiety that comes with it, anxiety is too extreme a word, to hold the attention of a group of 15 people because it's never worth it. But you can do it with a group of four people because you know that the attention is going to go on to someone else really quickly and it's going to like go like that a couple of times. On a big 15-person Zoom, you maybe have one big chat or one time that you kind of say what's going on and then you're quiet and watching and having to look intent intently the whole time. So if you do have a big Zoom coming up, why don't you try just an actual Zoom for fun that you would actually, what would be really fun for you to do, you know? The co-video party was great. Alison Spittle's co-video party, that was always good crack. That was a great use of social media to kind of keep up with watching people, watching a film together. Um, there's great things for that. Netflix watch-along parties that you can do that are Chrome extensions. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to try and figure out in lockdown too if it's happening. How to do a lot of knots. Get a big load of rope, right? Uh, there's t- tutorials online just to figure out how to do knots. So if you were out in the woods, you could literally support yourself and survive with just a load of tarp. And there's knots that are like the tightest thing ever that could support a boat. But if you pull it the other way, the whole thing unravels. It's incredible what you can do with knots. Why don't you come up with your own uh, Monopoly game? What are the name of all the bars that you like to go to, right? Put Get get Monopoly board, right? Get some post-its. Put down all the bars. Rank all the bars. How many Monopoly things are there? Uh, how many Monopoly... Uh, properties are there 40 spaces 28 properties so think of 28 pubs or 28 gaffs right and rank them from worst to best and then put them on a monopoly board if you play monopoly for the actual gaff that you want that's why they have so many different types of monopoly what is it what is it something that you actually want what are your favorite dogs get a load of post-its get the top the sticky part tear it off that put it on a monopoly board say Bichon Freeze for 200 quid and just collect a load of dogs like, please, give me the fucking... I'm going to put a hotel on this dog, you know? Here's what you do, right? Um, Just for sanity as well. Something that helped is um, write down everything that's fucking shit and write down all those weird thoughts that you have about maybe it might be okay if we open up things again and if people die, so be it. I'm so fucking bored. I just can't handle this anymore. And just get that out of your body. I sometimes do it in the morning, morning pages, where I write the first two paragraphs. like, fucking hate this. Oh, my God. Fucking, oh, I'm a shit dad. And then everything else after that is like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. And then you're on top of things. Having somewhere for these things to go is very helpful. It's probably one of the best anxiety-freeing things I've ever done. I think I've said it on the podcast before is the kind of morning pages of let's uh, unload and stuff. Um, rearrange your flat and give yourself a, a, a space to try something new, you know? Um uh, maybe move your bed to a different part of the room, you know, and have it kind of a new vibe when you when you come into your when you come into your gaff. Um, send voice messages to people. Uh, they do one a day to someone you haven't spoken to in a while, uh, and just focus on doing two minutes. Two minute. Don't be doing three minutes now. We're giving anyone anxiety. I'm have right back to a three minute one. Uh, on WhatsApp and just do two minutes and don't ask them how they are because that's going to be like oh now I have to fucking you know with the people with the best intentions when they're like. I want to answer this so bad and I want to give you a good because I love you. I want to give you a good message and then they just don't send anything back. So at least you can let them know how you are without them asking, you know. Say, say how you are. Hi, I'm doing this and me and so-and-so and so-and-so we're thinking of doing this. Uh, I'm out of work, but it's fine because of this, you know. Or I'm fine difficult with this, but look, everyone has, some people have it worse. And just spill, spill the tea for two minutes. Uh, and then pick someone you haven't kind of spoken to in a while who you've kind of been like, I love them and I haven't spoken to them in a while and I wouldn't mind hearing how they're up, uh, what they're up to. But you spill your tea first. 
But anyway, look, fucking thank you very much for giving me these questions and giving me these topics of conversation. I'm not going to lie. I was coming into this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, all I was thinking about was the COVID thing. Thank you very much for your very kind questions, your very kind topics. If you want more podcasts, it's going to be too much for you, right? Because what's happening uh, tomorrow is Sexy Beast is back. It was meant to be back yesterday, but it's back tomorrow. Sexy Beasts, we're doing our uh, silver screen, screen queens, uh, where we're ranking all the movie monsters. Uh, you can check that out. Sexy Beasts uh, pod on Instagram or Sexy Beasts. Uh, my Bake Off podcast, uh, Tony Campbell's Great British Bake Off podcast, is on Thursday. Video podcast. You can find it there on YouTube. If you like it, do like it and subscribe on the YouTube page. That's something I'm looking to grow, and it'll probably grow with the streams and stuff like that. So if you liked the previous streams, we get up to fucking stuff like that. That'll be happening once I get this off the ground. Um, so to go over to YouTube and like that there. Uh, on Friday, on the Patreon, if you would like another podcast, uh, I just recently did a review of Hocus Pocus, and I'm going to be doing other spooky film reviews uh, coming up. But as well as that, there's all sorts on there. There's a list of my top five favorite things ever, my top five emo songs, and over 750 people subscribe to it on a monthly basis, which is a big number for the amount of people to, to, to do that. So again, thank you if you're one of them. Um, and if you're not and you want more stuff, you can find it over there, even for as long as you're willing to give. If not, don't worry about it. I will see you here next Tuesday, fucking Wednesday, Thursday. It's too much of me, and I love it. Thank you very much for letting me do it. Bye-bye.